The message you're listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2018 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. My name is Drew Kirk. For those of you who don't know me, I serve on staff with Purdue University in the Indianapolis region. Recognize some of you who are here from the Indy region as well. Uh, welcome to everyone else who's here. Really excited to be with you today. Um, so a prayers reward, uh, you know, a little bit more about, about myself before we dive in. Uh, married, uh, coming up on five years, five-year anniversary in January. Have a one-and-a-half-year-old, 20-month-old, so a little over one-and-a-half-year-old uh, son, Theodore, who's a ton, a ton of fun. The best, uh, the best gift that he got this Christmas was a plastic slide. We set it up, and and uh, he's he's at a really, really fun age. I don't know how many of you interact with toddlers, um, that kind of thing, but he he's learning tons and tons of words, but he's still got kind of the baby slur going on. It's, Really, really cute. With the slide, every every single time he climbs up, he sits down, he kind of waits in the room for everyone to look at him. Once he gets everyone's attention, he goes, three, two, one, wee, and goes down the slide. So it's, just, it's been a ton of fun. He's just gotten way more use out of that slide than I ever thought he would, he would get. Uh, but it's, it's a fun age because I'm, I'm, we're hearing him being able to learn and form words, and he's been you know talkative but it's baby talks so it's incoherent but only recently he's he's actually really beginning to form words and it, it gives uh my wife and i so much joy to be able to hear him talk just to be able to hear him speak but what gives me the most joy with with my son is is when he's, he's learned the word daddy he's, he's always to say dad 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 but you kind of can't tell if it's just you're just kind of forming words together we know he doesn't really know uh, that he's talking to me, but recently it, it seems like he knows when he says daddy, he's, he's referring to me. And so when I hear him say daddy, it, it gives me so much joy to be able to hear, to be able to hear him refer to me, to hear him speak to me in some ways. And it's, it's interesting as it relates to prayer, it's interesting, a couple of things. One is, and you probably even just heard it from or saw it in just the way I was saying it, but you can see the amount of joy that it gives a father to hear from his son to, to be referred to by his son. You can see the joy that that, that gives me. But it's interesting, too, is when he first started saying, Daddy, I didn't correct him and say, oh, we don't know each other well enough. I'm, I'm Mr. Kirk. You, you don't call me Daddy. You call me Mr. Kirk, and we'll get to know each other more, and then maybe we can get on to Daddy. Or you, I didn't say no, no, no. It's, it's Father. You call me Father because that's that's the proper name for who I am. To use it, no. When my one-year-old says Daddy, it, it gives me joy because that, that is that is a it's a name that I have that there's only one person in the entire world who can call me that. I don't. I would never ask anyone else in the world to call me daddy. That's, that would be weird. But, but for him to call me, that is a special name that I have with my son. It's a special relationship. It signifies a special relationship that I have with my son. And what we're going to be talking about today, the prayer's reward, is the reality is with prayer, you have, if you are a Christian, if your faith is in Christ, you have a unique individual opportunity to be able to Speak to God as your daddy. Not 
as his father. We call him father, and we should because we, we need to treat him with reverence and awe. But he's also daddy. He's, he's God with us. There's an intimate relationship that, there's an intimate relationship with God that you have that only you have. And the way you experience that intimate relationship is, is through prayer. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is, is what is prayer's reward? Jesus in Matthew 6, we're going to be unpacking together for our time. He refers to prayer as uh, a reward. You receive a reward when you, when you pray. And so if you were to describe your prayer life with a word, what word would you use to describe it? I said this in the blurb that, that maybe you read, but would it be rewarding? Would that be the word that you would use to describe your prayer life? Now, I, I hope and I pray that for many of you, you have been able to experience reward in prayer. It's, man, it has been rewarding. I've been able to intimately connect with, with God as my Father. and so, Yeah, it, it has been rewarding. But I, I think if you are like me at least, most of the words that we would use to describe our prayer lives would be more along the lines of inconsistent. And we just had break for a couple of weeks. You guys go hard studying for finals, and then all of a sudden you have no responsibilities. And so the thought is, man, we're just going to be spending tons of time in the Word, tons of time in prayer, tons of time with God. But how was, was your prayer life the last couple of weeks? Was it consistent, intimate, or was it inconsistent? Some of us would use maybe the words, I'm dry. Right now, I'm, I'm dry. I'm coming into this conference really hoping to be reignited with my Father, but because right now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm dry. My prayer life is, is dry. Others of us, it's, you know, maybe if you're, especially if you're a, a very young Christian, maybe you would describe your prayer life as kind of awkward, but you're we know how to talk to people. What well, if we can see their faces? I can see your face. And so it's, it's, it's not awkward for me to, to talk to you now. But when you're talking to God, you, you don't see his face. You don't see his expression. It's, it can be awkward. And I, I've been, I've uh, in the past confessed to a, to a friend uh, during accountability Asking one another, man, how's your walk with God? How's, you know, how's uh, time in prayer? How's time in the Word? And there was a time I was confessing to my friends. I mean, I feel really distant from God. And it's this catch-22 because you feel distant from God, so then it's awkward to pray so you don't pray, which then makes you feel more distant from God, which then makes you want to pray even less. So it's this downward spiral. So it's this awkward and I was telling my friends like so it's I'm getting in the word but uh, am I meeting with God it doesn't feel like I'm meeting with God and it feels like like a long lost friend at times when you're trying reconnecting with a with a friend that you've kind of fallen out with and so it's awkward you got to kind of deal with issues before you can just kind of jump in like you used to the only difference is that this is like a friend that has been by your side the entire time and you're choosing not to talk to him. It was really awkward. When, so literally it's like, hey, remember me? Sorry about the last couple of weeks. It's, it's, it can be awkward. 
But Jesus describes it as rewarding. He describes prayer. If we, if we partake of private prayer, intimate prayer, it, he describes it as rewarding. And so that's, what, that's where we're going to go today, is, is how can we experience the reward of prayer that, that, Jesus, that Jesus has for us? And it's so I'm a little, I'm going to say I'm a little nervous of disappointing you a little bit, because most of what I'm going to say is pretty self-evident. So I'm going to make some observations, and maybe you'll feel like they're profound, I don't know. But really, I'm just going to be saying, here. this is, I'm calling it what it is. Uh, and so, again, if you're in the wrong seminar, please feel free to leave. If you're now hearing that, it's like, man, I don't want to be disappointed. I'm going to check out a different seminar. Feel free, I will not be offended at all. Um, we're going to get to the how-tos of prayer. We have some really practical things. For most of you, it's, it's going to be review. There are going to be some nuances, I think, that will be different for you. Um, but for the most part, it, it might be review. So we'll get to the how-tos. But, but I think it would be a huge mistake for us to just jump to the how-to. Because the reality is, even though most of us would say, to some degree, we're frustrated with our prayer life, and that's maybe why you're here. Even though that's the case, if we just jump to the how-to, I think we're going to miss the real reasons why we don't pray. The real reasons we don't pray has very little to do with the fact that we don't know how to talk to God. We know how to have conversations. That's not the problem. And it has very little to do with the fact that you're busy. It has very little to do with the fact that you're distracted by technology. It has very little to do with the fact that you have a major, that you have to study a lot, or you're busy with all these different things. That, that is not the problem. And so what we're going to spend really at least half the time doing is peeling back the layers of our hearts to see what is really, what are really the reasons why we don't pray? In other words, what are really the reasons why we haven't experienced the reward that Jesus has for us in prayer? So that's where we're going uh, for the rest of our time this afternoon. I, I want to pray. Seems appropriate. I'm going to pray. And, uh, and we'll get started. This would be a good time to slip out if you're afraid of being disappointed. Uh, God, we... Uh, we praise you because you are, even though you're infinite, you're intimate, you're here. And we confess that we, we do not pray. We don't speak to you the way that we should. Uh, but we are so thankful that, Jesus, you've provided a way for us to talk with you, God. And so, God, I pray that you would be here, that you would open our hearts, and that, that you would convict us where we need convicted, but that you would move us in grace to to experience the reward that you have for us in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Matthew 6, open with me to Matthew 6. That's where we're going to be. Uh, for those of you who have come in uh, a little bit late, I, we're not going to use PowerPoint. have um, handouts in the back. Uh, but Matthew 6 is where we're going. So the context of this verse, this is in the middle of the greatest sermon that was ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. That Jesus has moved from describing what Christian character is to now describing what religious activity looks like for the Christian and what the proper motives for those activities are. And so that's where we are in, in chapter 6, and specifically talking about prayer. So chapter 6, verses 5 through 6 says this. It says, and when you pray, 
You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this is what we're going to be unpacking for the rest of our time this afternoon. Where we're going specifically is to answer three questions. What, what the reward of prayer is not. What, what is not in mind when we talk about the reward of prayer? That's the first point. The second point is what, what is the reward of prayer? When Jesus says that you will be rewarded, like he just says here in verse 6, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What is that reward? What is the reward? And then number three is how do we get it? How is it possible for us to receive this reward? And then how do we continually experience that in our lives? So first is, is what the reward of prayer is not. So you see it in verse, verse 5, it says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. So in these verses, Jesus describes two different approaches to prayer. Two different people. What's interesting is both people pray. So both people have that in common. They pray. Both people receive a reward. One of them receives a reward of prayer, and the other one does not. So what is what is not the reward of prayer? First blank that you had. The reward of prayer is not received publicly. It is not received publicly. What is the reward that the hypocrite wants in this passage? To be seen by others. Both pray, both receive a reward. The hypocrite, what he wants, he wants to be seen by others. This is the first, as we're going to start unpacking, peeling back the layers of our hearts as to why we don't pray, this is the first layer. I believe one of the main reasons we do not pray is because in everything we do, we long to be seen by others. I mean, why is social media exploding? Because we long for the thoughts that come into our head, the things that we experience, the things we eat, all that stuff. We long for people to see it. We want to be seen. We want to be known. Private prayer. Jesus used the word secret. Pray in secret. What does he say? He said, don't be seen. We long in everything we do to be seen. And that was true for us before we became Christians, and it's just as true now as, as Christians. It's why can we not get in the Word without taking a picture with our coffee mug and then hashtagging whatever brilliant theological insight you had you know, that morning? We long to be seen. You've received your award. You receive your reward. Why do we, why is it not enough to, to, to do some act of kindness or to, to share your faith without then having to, to share it with the world, express it with the world? We long to be seen. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Getting the, getting the word, studying the word, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Do it. In fact, uh, if you feel like you don't know the words to pray, Open your Bible. That's, that's what to pray. But we long to be seen. And in so many of the spiritual disciplines that we do, uh, whether it's 
getting in, in contact with community of believers, confessing sin, scripture memory, studying the Bible. So many of those things we can do in order to be seen by others. Scripture memory, so that I can then rip off a long passage when I'm in conversation and impress people. But prayer, you, you don't get credit for that in public. You don't get seen. And I think, be honest with yourself, is that not one of the reasons why you don't pray? If you got the same amount of credit from prayer that you do from some of the other good religious activities that, that Christians ought to be doing, wouldn't you pray more? We, the, the reward of prayer is not received publicly. One of the first things we need to understand, we need to confess, is that we don't pray because you don't get credit for that from people. And that's what the hypocrite wants. It's not intimacy with God that he wants. It's the praise of man. So what do you want from prayer? What reward do you want from prayer? Here's the, the really scary thing, I think. Like, like I said, both men are praying or both people are praying. And both receive a reward. The reward that the hypocrite receives is the reward that he wants. It's the actual reward that he wants. So your next blank is everyone receives a reward. And everyone receives a reward that they want. Not everyone wants the reward of prayer. Not everyone wants the reward of prayer. So it's the second thing. Again, this is not profound. This is not profound at all. But at the same time, in some ways it is. Why do we not pray? It's because we don't want to. It's, so when we come and start talking about our prayer lives, we ought to stop with the, I'm just so busy, and all those excuses. The reason you don't pray is you don't want to. You don't want to pray. And you'll get the reward you want. You will get a reward. What the hypocrite gets is, is the praise from men that is fleeting. That is cool for a moment, then it's gone. The reward of prayers is different. We don't pray because we don't want to. We don't want, we don't want the reward of prayer. So what is the reward of prayer then? What is it? And again, this is not profound, but this is what Jesus said in verse 6. Verse 6, let's read it first. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what is this reward that you get in secret? The reward of prayer is God's presence. The reward of prayer, another way to say that, and maybe even a better way to say that, the reward of prayer is private prayer. It's secret prayer. The reward, what I'm saying is prayer is its own reward. And some of you know that. You've experienced that. When you've had time where you've pulled away and spent time with God, you've experienced that prayer. I don't, I don't need to be acknowledged by, by men. I don't need to go tell a bunch of people, hey, I just had a great time with the Lord in prayer. Why? Because the activity of prayer in and of itself is satisfying. The activity of prayer, being with God, is satisfying. It is its own reward. I don't need anything else. I don't need to get anything 
after it. It's not prayer plus. It's, it's, it is its own reward. The reward, it's not profound. I'm sorry to disappoint you. The reward of prayer is prayer. It is its own reward. But the problem is we want more. And what does that mean, though? What, what does it mean when what we want is the praise of man, not personal intimacy with God? What does it mean when we said the reason we don't pray is because we don't want to pray? We want a different reward? What it means is, is we don't want God. That's the, the deepest, as we again, as we're unpeeling the onion of our heart, the reason we don't pray is because we don't want him. We don't, we don't love him. We don't love him the way we ought to love him, at least. That's not to say that there's no love in your heart. If you're struggling with prayer, as your speaker is struggling with prayer, does that mean that, that I don't love God at all? No, but it does mean that my love for him is not even close to where it ought to be. That I choose regularly so many things before, before him. In, in verse 6, so that when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. What, what really Jesus has in mind is a prayer closet. That is, there's a, there was a place in, in homes back in Jesus' day where it was the center of the home. There was no window. There was a door you could close and be totally pitch black inside. No one could see what was happening. That's what Jesus is saying. Is go to that place. Is there, is there a place like that for you? It's, it's a physical representation of, is there a, do you have a secret, intimate relationship with God that, that only you and he know about? There's an intimacy with him that, like I said before, like my son to me, he's the only one in the world who can call me daddy. That personal, intimate, unique, individual relationship I have with my son. Do you have that with God? To go in secret, pray in secret, and be rewarded in secret with God's presence. Interaction with, with your father who's in heaven. What? And, he, and here's where it's really convicting for me. And I, you know, I've done enough of these seminars, and so I, I worded this maybe a little differently than I would in the past. I don't want to be extreme with this. Whenever I get a seminar topic, I'm always like, this is the only topic that matters. You know, this is the most important topic in the world. But, I mean, your next blank is private prayer may be the most accurate representation of your love for God. So or maybe because I, I want to reserve room for, for other things, but as I've wrestled with this personally more and more, I, I've just become more convinced that it may, it, it almost certainly is the most accurate representation of, of your love for God. It's your private prayer life. I, I referred to some of the other spiritual disciplines before, and, and those are means of grace for us to experience God more. But just the, the difference between those things and prayer is that you can so easily receive this same reward that the hypocrite gets being in front of people and receiving praise from man for those things. 
prayer, secret prayer. Who sees that but you and God? And so the, I can't think of a reason why you would spend time with God secretly in prayer except that you just you love him. You want to be with him. You want to spend time with him. And I don't, I don't say private prayer may be the most accurate representation of your love for God with my head held high. It's to my shame. As someone who's, who's wrestling and trying to, to experience the reward of prayer. So that's why you see a little bit in how, why. So we, let's not just jump to the how-tos <laughs> as we've totally just uh, gone straight to the bottom of our hearts and seeing the depths and the sea. Man, it's because I don't love God the way I ought to. So how, knowing now what the prayer, reward of prayer is not what it is, how do we get it? How can we experience this reward of prayer? How is it possible for us to receive the reward of prayer? In Matthew 26, we won't have time to flip there, um, but this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the night that he's going to be betrayed and that would then lead to his, his crucifixion. And so he, knowing that his hour was coming, pulled away his three best friends, his, his three closest disciples, pulled them away from the group and said, here, come here, will, will you pray for me? Please pray for me. He lists his prayer from them. And then he goes privately a little bit farther, falls on his face, and is crying out to God. He's praying to God, his Father, that God, if, if there is any other way, if there is any other possible way for us to pay for the sins of, of humanity, if there's any other way for us to save our people and draw them into a relationship with us, please let what is coming, let it pass, let there be another way, but not, not my will, but your will be done. And what we see is we see God not answer his prayer. We see God say, no, this is the way. And Isaiah, if you have your Bible, and you flip with me over to Isaiah 40, otherwise I'll read it. I think Isaiah 40, verse 10 and 11, is a prophecy of, of Jesus. 800 years before, this, before Jesus is in Gethsemane. Describes Jesus this way. He said, Behold, the Lord of God, Lord God, comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the, lamb, the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. What is, I don't know if you know it, the reward that this, the Lord God has a reward with him. This is a prophecy of the cross. This is a prophecy of what Jesus is going to win as a result of God saying, no, you're going to the cross. What is with Jesus? What is his reward? See, in verse 11, it's his land that he's gathering in his arms, close to his bosom. That's the reward. What is the reward? The reward is you. You are the reward. That Jesus heard his request, his prayer answer, no. You will go to the cross. Why? Because on the cross, Jesus made you his reward. He made you his reward. And he experienced the loss of the reward of prayer. What is the reward of prayer? It's an intimate connection with God the Father. Intimacy with God the Father. And on the cross, what Jesus experienced 
What he experienced is loss of that intimacy with God. Why? So that you, that you could know whenever you pray that he does hear. He does hear. And you can know that you can bring your requests before him. The way Jesus prayed boldly to his father. Jesus was not in sin when he asked that the cross would be, would be done away with. He could have another way. You can pray boldly for things. Things that are not likely. And know that you'll hear an answer. It may be no. But you can know that it will be for your good when it's no. When the answer is no. Or when the answer is wait. That it will be for your good. Because Jesus lost his lost reward of prayer. Why? So that we could experience the reward of prayer. That's why. Do you see... Now, do you see how, how precious the reward of prayer is? That Jesus didn't just die so that your sin could be paid for, though he did. He didn't do less than that. But he didn't just die for your sin. He died so that you and I could experience the reward of prayer, that we could experience relationship, intimate relationship with God. The way he had. You are his reward. He's made you his reward so that we can experience the reward of prayer. I don't know if you, coming out of Christmas, maybe not this year, but I'm sure in years past, you've received, there have been times you've received gifts that you knew, man, this, this is a costly gift. And it's almost like, man, this is, this is too costly. This is almost, I, I don't feel worthy of receiving this gift. But to not use that gift, even though it might be costly for the giver of the gift, would be an insult to the giver of the gift. And prayer is such a costly gift. It's such a precious gift. It would be an insult to the giver of the gift not to use it. But here's what's amazing, is that Jesus, he didn't go to the cross saying, this will then make them pray the right way or this will then cause them never to struggle with receiving the reward of prayer he went knowing that you and I would struggle with this he knew that and he still went he still said you are my reward you are my reward it is worth it for me to go so how can we receive a reward? It's only possible because of what Jesus did on the cross, making us his reward. But that, how do we then regularly experience this? This is then going to the really practical. And so what, what I'm going to advocate for is probably something that many of you are familiar with. I'm sure you've, you've heard of it. Um, and I, I think there will be some nuances to this um, that, that hopefully for those of you who are familiar with it would still get something new out of it. Um, but what I would really advocate for is for you to use the Acts prayer model. Some of you have maybe heard that. The Acts prayer model is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So the why those titles, those are really, those are, if you summarize all the different kinds of prayer, the categories of prayer, you can summarize them with, within those four categories. And, but I would really encourage you, really advocate that you pray most often when you pray in this order. 
adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I want to define what each of those are, and then I'm going to say why. Why I think it's important to do that, or why I think it would be beneficial to do it that way. So A, adoration. What is adoration? It's praising God, blessing God for his attributes and his actions. So praising God, his character back to him, praising him. Confession is contrite, it's an expression of personal sin. Humbling yourself before the Lord, confessing your sin to him. Thanksgiving is praising God for the implications of the cross and evidences of his grace. And particularly praising God for the implications of the cross as it relates to whatever you're, you're praying for. The cross is so multidimensional and it has so, such a wide range of application that applying the cross to whatever it is that you're praying for. Then as supplication, bringing our request to God, asking for specific action, but submitting to his will. Like Jesus, let this cup pass, but not my will, your will be done. So asking for something very specific, but then submitting to his will. Here's why. Here's why I would advocate for some form of this. And that this is not the way I pray every single time I pray. There's sometimes... In the moment, I just have to pray real quick. And so you just lift up a supplication. There's nothing wrong with that. But what the emphasis of this talk, and I think what Jesus is really talking about is secret prayer. When you are spending extended time with God in prayer, this is the pattern I would advocate for. And here's four reasons why. One, it keeps the true reward of prayer central. The true reward of prayer is not God answering your prayer the way you want it. In fact, at times that may be for your detriment. There are so many prayers I'm really glad God didn't answer. Uh, I would not be married to my current wife if that were the case. I prayed to marry another girl. and I'm, She's a great girl, but I'm glad it didn't work out. I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. So if God were to answer every single one of your prayers, that, that's not the point. You're missing the point of the reward of prayer. But by starting with adoration, starting with God, this is who you are. This is why you are great. You, you make the real reward of prayer central throughout your prayer. Secondly, it reorients our worship. It reorients our worship. So instead of worshiping the things that we're praying for, we worship God. We worship Him. Third, it reveals hidden sin. As you pray through this model, it reveals different things. As you're praying... God's attributes back to him, so you start realizing, man, there's, I'm not like that at all. You start confessing more and more sin. It reveals hidden sin in your life that may be crippling you. And then last, it, it changes our supplications. By the end, you, you can often come in thinking, this is what I'm going to pray for, but then by the end, you realize, that's actually, this is false worship. I'm worshiping this. So here, this is the way it's played out in my life. Um, this semester, there's a specific circumstance that's very personal to me um, that has regularly, throughout the whole semester, been a burden on my heart. It's caused anxiety. So it, the situation comes to my mind, and I start uh, just becoming very anxious and very burdened, and my mood changes. And so I realize, man, when if that's the case, I need to be. I need to be praying about this. I believe what the Bible says about prayer in Philippians 4, that, that the God of peace will be with you as you bring your supplications before him. And so, I'm, so I just made, I'm going to, every time this comes to my mind because it's making me so anxious, I'm going to pray immediately. So I would, I just pray immediately. But it's kept, it just kept 
coming back again and again and again. It wasn't, I wasn't experiencing that peace. And the Father said, I need to spend some extended time praying about this. And I went through the Acts prayer model. And so what I began to do is pray, God, this is, so the attributes I prayed to God for and praised him for were the attributes that related directly with that circumstance, if that makes sense. So I'm praying, God, you're sovereign. You are good. You, you know my needs. You are good. You are wise. You know what's best for me. The moving to confession and realizing, God, I, I am worshiping this circumstance. I, I am saying if this circumstance doesn't go my way, I will not be happy. If this circumstance does not go my way, that you, you are not good. I am making an idol out of the circumstance. And what's crazy is, even as I maybe share this with you, if this is coming up so much in my heart for you all, it's like, dude, it's obvious you're worshiping that thing. It wasn't obvious to me until I prayed. And when you pray, God uses that to reveal what's hidden in your heart. So, so I'm confessing, I'm, I'm worshiping this thing. And then Thanksgiving, God, in Jesus, in you, I have everything I need. I am not in want because of what you have done on the cross. Thank you. So by the time I got to supplication, what I prayed with God, this is what I'm asking you to do in this circumstance. But if you don't, I know it's for my good. I know that, that you are wise, and I know that you have something else, that you have some other thing in mind. So my supplication had entirely changed. So for you, if it's I'm coming praying for a spouse, you may come in saying, no, I'm praying for this spouse. But as you go through adoration, God, you are a relational, intimate God, and I know you. You are known to me. I confess, God, I confess that I, I want other things. I want more. Thanksgiving, Jesus, thank you so much that you reconciled me to God. By the time you get to supplication, it's, God, this is what I want. But if not, you're enough. You are enough. It reorients your worship. It reveals hidden sin. It changes what you end up praying for. So what is the reward of prayer? The reward of prayer is prayer. I'm sorry to disappoint you without something more profound. I would say, just as, as we close, um, some resources that, that could be helpful. Um, if you are new to reading, I don't know a, a, like a nicer way to say that, uh, or if you, were, if you just don't like reading, or you're, like, you're trying to like reading, but it's just hard, it's not engaging to you, uh, I would really encourage you to check out A Praying Life by Paul Miller. That's good if you love reading, too. Um, that's a great, very engaging book, tons of stories. It's, it's amazing. If you love reading more heady, uh, Prayer by Tim Keller is the best book I've read on prayer. Um, but here's what I'd say, though. My, tenance, my personal tendency is to see a weakness in my walk with God and then get a stack of books. And it's not the answer to prayer. It's not. It's, it's, and frankly, it's actually not the answer to a lot of things in a Christian life. But I, so I'd really encourage you to look in, more into prayer but man, start with a small application of tonight before you go to bed, five, ten minutes. Open, open the passage that you guys studied this morning, Colossians 1. Just read it. Go through adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And as you pray God's word, you'll learn what to pray. 
your prayers will change and God will change you as well. And you'll experience the real reward of prayer that you are meant to experience. Let me pray to close and then we'll be done. God, we praise you that that you are you are knowable, that even though you are infinite, God, that even though you are incomprehensible, God, that you make yourself knowable through your word and that we can talk to you in prayer, God. We do confess that the reason we don't pray is because we want to be seen by others. We don't want to and because we don't love you the way we ought. We thank you, Jesus, that, that on the cross you made us your reward so that we could experience the reward of prayer. Now, God, I pray that we would I pray that we would experience the reward of prayer, that we wouldn't set out to make huge New Year's resolutions of praying for an hour, two, three hours a day. They're just unrealistic, but God, that we would start small, but that we would truly experience your presence in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.